Welcome from Eractive. My name is Luca Bertuzzi, your digital media editor, and this is the Digital Brief Podcast. This week, we look at the Vertical Block Exemption Regulation, also known as Beeper. For an overview on all things digital in the EU, sign up to our free newsletter or visit the website Eractive.com. This is Euractive's Digital Brief Podcast. Today I'm joined by Mike Janssen, Public Affairs Advisor at E-Commerce Europe. Thank you, Mike, for joining us. Well, thank you very much for, uh, for having me today. So we are here to discuss the Vertical Blocks Exemption Regulation. Uh, this is a very technical file and not the most discussed one. Can you please introduce it to us? Yes, of course. Um, so it's indeed a very technical file. Um, and uh, the Euro Commission, European Commission has published uh, the draft revision on the distribution rules. And these are also known as the Vertical Block Exemption Regulation, as well as the Vertical Guidelines. Uh, we also call these the VBAR. And the VBAR basically covers uh, so-called vertical agreements. And these are agreements between suppliers and their retailers or distributors. And it creates a safe harbor for vertical agreements if they meet certain conditions. And if they meet these conditions, then the prohibition, which uh, is stated in Article 101 of the treaty, does not apply to them. Um, and this means that otherwise Article 101 uh, would have prohibited these agreements uh, if they could distort uh, competition. So that's basically what the VIBER does. So it's essentially an exception to competition rules to allow retailers and manufacturers to find agreements. What is the point of having such an exception? Uh, well, the Commission is um, in this way trying to ensure fair competition within vertical agreements. Um, so between the suppliers, the retailers and the distributors. Just for um, the listeners to mm-hmm. understand, how is allowing an agreement good for competition? It's quite technical in the sense that there are so many different elements to the Weber, and there's certain restrictions in place that make a sort of practice not allowed. So it's hardcore restrictions which are banned, and therefore they're considered not fair to competition. Uh, but if there are certain conditions that are met, um, then uh, sort of a relation between the different uh, levels in the supply chain is considered fair and therefore it does not distort competition it should be allowed in that sense. So the current uh, VIBER, as you call it uh, more generally, uh, dates back uh, 2010. Uh, why has the Commission decided to revise it now? Yeah, indeed, it dates back to uh, 2010 already um, and the current VIBER will actually expire on 31st of May of this year. Um, so the Commission intends to use the updated rules to replace the current rules from June onwards. And they have said to do so for one main reason, basically, and that's to update the rules in light of new market developments since the adoption in 2010. And then we are particularly talking on uh, about, for instance, the increased performance, uh, increased importance of online sales and the emergence of new market players, such as online platforms. So if online marketplaces are one of the main reasons for revising this regulation, what is going to change there? Yeah, online marketplace, but I would maybe say even online markets in general, they are indeed one of the most impacted sectors by the changes uh, suggested by the European Commission. And I can name uh, a few examples of uh, the changes um, that would be interesting. Um, So the first would be, for instance, the removal of the current ban on dual pricing. 
And this means essentially that suppliers um, can charge a higher price to retailers for products that are intended to be sold online than for products that are sold offline. Um, in this case, the price difference must be linked to the required investment and costs that are related to the different sales channels. Um, this is quite complicated, um, but it has several practical implications, um, in particular for, for online sales. Um, because dual pricing could make it a much more difficult for uh, SMEs to, to sell off online. And it could also decrease their profit margins. Uh, profit margins. And eventually, the higher prices for online retailers could also lead to higher consumer prices, uh, which could lead to a reduction of consumer choice, I would say. So that's, that's dual pricing, but um, it, it fails to take into account one important development we believe in uh, the retail sector, which is the rise of omni-channel business models, um, because businesses are selling more and more both online and offline. And with this change, um, businesses would suddenly have to account for their sales across both channels. They could have to impose tracking systems that could be costly and time-consuming, or they would have to predict in advance what they, for instance, will sell on each of the channels, which very much complicates on selling online. Um, another implication that this would have is that retailers would have to keep, the, keep their stocks for both sales channels completely separate, uh, which could lead to a situation in which a retailer could run out of stock online, uh, but have too much stock offline or the other way around. Uh, and if you can imagine if this would have been placed during the pandemic, uh, stock intended, which was uh, intended for offline sales, uh, which was no longer possible because shops had to close, uh, could not have been easily sold online and would have made it much more complicated for these businesses to stay alive. So that's that's dual pricing. But there's a few other changes if you would like me to uh, reflect on that a little bit. Yes, please go ahead. Okay. So the Commission is also suggesting to remove the equivalence principle. Uh, and this basically means that suppliers would be allowed to set uh, different or in stricter requirements for online than for offline sales. Um, in the current Weber, um, it's what they call a hardcore restriction, so something that's not allowed to impose criteria for online sales, which are not overall equivalent to the criteria imposed on the sales from brick and mortar shops. Um, so this is what we call the equivalence principle. And it's important to, to, to say, to point out, that um, the current Weber does not require the criteria to be identical between online and offline, but they should pursue the same objectives, uh, achieve comparable results, and any difference between the two uh, criteria must be justified by the different nature of the distribution channel. Overall, uh, we would say that this is quite a well-balanced and um, enforceable principle. However, the current Weber suggests to remove this principle, and we are a bit concerned that in practice, this could lead to uh, stricter requirements for um, retailers aiming to sell goods and services online. And again, it would make online sales less and less attractive. And maybe another important change is the possibility for brands to now ban sales on marketplaces. Um, the new Weber states that um, a direct or indirect ban on online marketplaces is allowed on the sales on online marketplaces. Um, and we believe this is a bit outdated. Uh, if you look at the current market, we see that marketplaces, especially in the last year with many SMEs uh, starting to sell online, it's become a very uh, important way to enter the market, um, especially it has uh, much lower initial investments. 
Um, but these marketplaces have also been able to provide retailers with access to a wider audience or help them increase visibility or service product uh, search engines, for instance. And the fact that this um, online marketplace ban, uh, the fact that we don't agree with this does not mean that brands should not have a say in how their products are sold, of course. Um, this that makes sense. However, we believe that this should be rather to be focused on qualitative requirements and not on a blanket ban on sales on online marketplaces, because this seems to be ban, uh, based a little bit on um, the misconception that selling via marketplace could be necessary to protect the brand image. Um, and I think that like everywhere, there's good and bad practices on marketplaces as, as there are anywhere. Uh, but this should not justify a blanket ban on marketplace sales. So these are, I think, three relevant uh, changes in the current Weber, uh, in the new Weber compared to the previous uh, Weber. So why exactly is the Commission opening the door to dual pricing and online sales restrictions? I think that's a, that's a very good question um, because the Commission has um, stated that they have the intention to update the Weber uh, to better reflect the current market reality. And we would fully support that ambition of the Commission. However, uh, we are a bit concerned that in the changes they have proposed, they are a bit failing to do so. Because if we look at the current market, uh, we do not see a strict separation between online and offline sales. But the Viber seems to suggest this. Instead, if we look at the market, if we look around us, we see an increased convergence of these of different sales channels. Um, and if there's anything the last two years have shown us is that online sales have been able to be very helpful for businesses to stay alive. I would say even especially for brick and mortar stores. Um, and this comes also a little bit because um, I think that sometimes when the commission speaks about the growth of e-commerce, they forget to look um, at where that growth comes from. Um, it's not only the companies that were already previously e-commerce companies, but it's also in particular from newly established omni-channel businesses. So brick and mortar stores that have opened online sales channels. Um, last year, uh, I think this is good to mention, Executive Vice President Vestager um, mentioned that she was aiming to support or boost the high street in this Viber reform. Um, and while I understand that maybe uh, it's good to make sure that there's both healthy online and offline uh, sales channels, which is something we fully support, we don't think that the proposed Viber will help the high street necessarily. It will only complicate their um, route towards online sales um, and, and make it more difficult for them to open new online sales channels. Um, then maybe a little bit Further is that we think, of course, the, the proposed rules are not going to be good for online uh, retailers themselves, Not no matter if they're pure players or if they're omnichannel, um, is specifically for SMEs. Um, but I think this is, can be looked at from a broader perspective, because also consumers would not uh, benefit from these proposed rules. You can see this, for instance, if you look at the position from BEUK, uh, the European Consumer Organization, will also call for uh, maintaining the current ban on dual pricing because they fear it could lead to higher consumer prices or a reduction of consumer choice. Um, and if you look at, for instance, the Commission's consultation of national competition authorities, uh, they state exactly the same. And they, a majority of them also would have preferred uh, to maintain the status quo in which dual pricing uh, and um, the breaches of the equivalence principle would have um, been a hardcore restriction. 
So I, th I think this can be looked at in a bit of a broader perspective, but the, the current or the new Viber will be in place for 10 years, uh, which is quite long. So it's quite crucial that we get it right now, uh, I would say. E-commerce has obviously been growing quite a lot uh, recently and the pandemic uh, must have been a very strong boost. Do you think that the Commission is trying to rebalance uh, the situation with in-person sales? Is that why they are making these changes to the Viber now? I think you're right, indeed. Uh, and that's also, I think, what uh, Vestager was referring to when she was mentioning that she wanted to boost the high street. Um, but I think that's also a little bit of the misconception if we talk about the growth of e-commerce. What I mentioned is that um, the growth of e-commerce is not only the growth of existing e-commerce companies. It's that uh, it's not only new online sales, it's also a change of existing sales which were offline, uh, which moved from offline to online. It's on omnichannel businesses that have been able to sell more through their online channels than through their offline channels. Um, but I think beyond that, it's a question of whether uh, a commission instrument like this, which is in place for the next 10 years, is the right instrument to, to balance this out. Um, it's quite far reaching. And I think digitalization is something that we should encourage. Uh, and if they want to support the high streets, uh, maybe this could be done in other ways. Mike Janssen is public Mike Janssen is public affair advisor at e-commerce Europe. Thank you, Mike, for being with us today. Thank you very much as well. That's all we got time for this week. Don't forget to sign up to our free digital brief newsletter to receive a comprehensive overview on all digital affairs in the world of European politics and policy directly in your mailbox. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Amazon Music. I'm your Luca Bertuzzi and thank you for listening.